I'm an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. So welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Salaf Lodi. This episode is everything you need to know about perimenopause. But before I get into it, the first thing I want to make very clear is that I'm not giving any kind of religious or medical advice. So if you have any concerns about your health, please speak to your medical provider. And if you have any questions about your religion, please ask your friendly neighborhood religious leader. It's the Muslim Sex Podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman who talks about sex. And today, guess who I have in the recording room with me? I have my sister, Rafia. Hi, Rafia. Hi, Dr. Lodi. I'm saying hi from North Carolina. What's going on? Not too much. Thanks for joining me today. So we are going to have a lively discussion about perimenopause. So you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready to go. And I might be in perimenopause. We don't know. Let me find out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> me and you both. All right. That's right. All um, right. I am. I'm actually ready. So, can I ask you what is perimenopause? Okay. Yes. So, perimenopause is a transitional period between when we are having regular periods. So, for a woman that has like a regular twenty or thirty or whatever day cycle, um, to a woman that is no longer going to have any more periods. So, that transitional period of where the periods become irregular. And that's usually the first sign that a woman is starting to go through perimenopause are those irregular periods. So her periods could become longer or they could become shorter. She could go months without a period. She could have periods that are very short. She could have periods that are very long, heavy. Um, she could be bleeding clots. So any of those things... Uh, could happen during that time period of perimenopause. And that mm -hmm. typically is what brings a woman to go see her gynecologist during that time is um, when the periods become irregular. So are there any um, causes uh, um, for perimenopause or it's just a natural transition? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's just something normal. And I think it needs to be really just celebrated, you know, that uh, a woman has made it this in life, actually, to be honest, um, you know, a lot of women um, may not be able to experience this um, because you know, for whatever reason, but so these, you know, this time in life is, is a normal occurrence. And it's just yeah. important that we see it as that there, it's not a disease. Um, you know, also, what's going to be important is to see what's happening in your body at this time, right? What are you feeling? and um, emotionally what you're going through, but also the other signs and uh, symptoms of perimenopause are going to be like hot flashes, night sweats, mood swings. Um, some women may notice that their um, increased irritability during this time. Some women may experience like forgetfulness, um, you know, a hard time concentrating. They may start to notice that they have dry skin more often. Some women may notice that um, they have a harder time with lubrication, with intercourse, you know, they may notice that. Um, 
So all things, all of these things, you know, can happen. And some women don't experience these, you know, so it's really just dependent on the individual. But um, yeah. really, you know, what's going on, I think we're going to get into this a little bit, um, is, yeah. uh, you know, what happens and why, why does this happen? So generally, how long does perimenopause last? Yeah. So, you know, perimenopause usually begins for women in their 40s and, um, you know, mid, mid to late 40s. And uh, they say that uh, perimenopause can last on average of four years. But for some women, you know, it even lasts like 10 years, you know, depending on when they wow. start. Remembering that the mean age for somebody to go through menopause is between 51 and 52. So, you know, depending on at what point in your life your periods become irregular, you know, that'll decide how long this lasts for and how long this transition will be. Okay. So what are some of the symptoms of perimenopause? Yeah. So, you know, like uh, we were talking talking about before, some women can experience like hot flashes, night sweats, mood swings. Um, Again, they may notice increased dryness. Um, They can have some sleep problems such as insomnia. Talked a little bit about the mood swings and about the periods becoming heavier and, uh, you know, issues with lubrication. You may even notice some the decreased libido, and all of these have to do with the decreasing estrogen in our bodies. And so that's typically why it happens. Okay. So um, can I just go to a doctor and can he diagnose this for me? Yeah. So you mean she diagnosed it? (laughs) I'm kidding. Yeah. You can have, right. We we don't know if you have a male or female bot, but since your sister... is the gynecologist. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can go, what happens is that typically they'll just go through your symptoms and see what symptoms you're having and based on your age. And, um, you know, that's a lot of times why, you know, how they're able to diagnose, but also what they may do is do, um, check your hormones, right? So one of the first things that we check when we're trying to figure out whether or not somebody is starting to enter menopause is check her Uh, follicle stimulating hormone, FSH level. Mm -hmm. And that is a hormone that's um, released from a part of the brain called the pituitary gland. And that Mm -hmm. hormone acts on the ovaries. So when we are no longer producing um, estrogen as much from the ovaries, that hormone that's coming from the brain will increase because it's constantly trying to pound on that ovary, trying to get it to release estrogen. But when it doesn't do that, um, it just keeps trying and trying. And so that's why that hormone will be increased. And that is the hormone that we typically check for uh, when we're seeing whether or not a woman is going through menopause. Um, so do you check family history, like siblings? Like, does that, is that a factor too yeah. that we should yeah, that's a great question, actually, Raf. So, you know, a lot of times when patients ask me if they're going through perimenopause, I'll ask them, you know, around what age, if they know, did their mother go through menopause, right? Yeah. So that that is a helpful hint. Now, sometimes women can have premature ovarian failure, which is, you know, menopause before the age of 40. And yeah, yeah. So that's, that's really rough on women because there's no way of them knowing that they're going to go through premature ovarian failure unless they're say like their mother or somebody went through that. But, um, 
it's tough because in women that go through that, they may not have had a chance to like say freeze their ovary, uh, freeze their eggs or anything like that. And so they may not be able to conceive, which is very difficult, right? That's, that's hard. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And so, um, but yeah, to your question about, um, you know, family history. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I do is I always ask a woman, you know, when her mother went through menopause and maybe yeah. one of her siblings, right? Like, so if she has any yeah. sisters, um, you know, at what age they went through menopause and remembering all the same, you know, all the while that every woman is different. Um, there is definitely some genetics to that for sure. Yeah. Genetics play, play a, definitely a role. So can we treat it? Is there any way we can treat perimenopause? Yeah. So, you know, um, knowing that, you know, perimenopause is not a disease, but typically what we treat are the symptoms. So if a woman is having hot flashes or night sweats, um, there's a medication called gabapentin that we use. And that medication is used for um, is an anti-seizure medication, but it tends to help with uh, hot flashes. And so women will be prescribed that sometimes if they feel like they need it, can be prescribed that um, to help with those hot flashes. Um, also, you know, of course, depending on what symptoms you're having, you know, if you're feeling um, sadness and sadness that progresses longer than 14 weeks and that, you know, people are not able, women are not able to function or, you know, pursue their activities of daily living, then they may be depressed. And so antidepressants would help with that. You know, if they're having vaginal dryness, if they're noticing that that becomes a big problem, then sometimes we can prescribe um, vaginal estrogen that'll help with that dryness. Also lubricants, you know, if they're having intercourse and they notice that um, they're not able to become uh, lubricated during intercourse, you know, using a lubricant such as um, KY jelly or any of those water-based lubricants will help with intercourse and so that it's not as painful, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a question, like going through perimenopause, whatnot, can you get pregnant yeah. while on perimenopause? Uh, while you're in perimenopause? Yeah. So actually, yeah. um, you know, another good question, because a lot of times women think that, you know, once your periods become irregular or if they, you know, are skipping months, right, then they think like, well, maybe I'm in menopause and I am not able to get pregnant. So, you know, I'll just have sex and not use any type of contraception. And that is definite, definitely one of the biggest fallacies um, that people have during perimenopause, because yes, you can become pregnant. What happens is that although you may not be menstruating every month, you can still ovulate during this time when you do have a period um, or prior to having a period, right? So you can, women are still ovulating and even though they're ovulating irregularly, they're still ovulating. And so you can become pregnant. And so it's going to be very, very important to use some type of contraception. You know, women during perimenopause, can go on um, birth control pills. And those birth control pills, you know, even if they're low dose, will help prevent yeah. any type of unwanted pregnancy and will also help with those hot flashes, night sweats, mood swings, um, because it replaces that estrogen that they are losing. Yeah. And so, you know, mm -hmm. that is a good form of contraception. And also, 
Another form of contraception that is often used is the Mirena or the um, progesterone only containing IUD. Mm -hmm. And that helps mm -hmm. with the heavy menstrual periods and, um, okay. you know, regulating the irregular cycles and uh, is a great form of contraception. So in perimenopause, your period still can be heavy? Yes, yes. So some what, what's happening is that because you are not um, shedding, remember, if your periods are irregular, so you're not having, yeah. um, you know, you're not shedding that tissue every month. So that tissue is actually yeah. still building up inside yeah. the oh, uterus. Okay. And so then when yeah. you have a bleed, that bleed is going to be very heavy because all because of all that tissue that's built up inside of the uterus where you weren't yeah. shedding it every month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's good to know because that's something, you know, I didn't even think of, but then I'm like, can it be heavy? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's, you know, one of the reasons why women will come to their doctor's office and um, seek help is because of those heavy uh, menstrual cycles. Yeah. So if when your symptoms are bad, does exercise help? Yeah. So those the way that exercise helps is that one, it'll help with the mood, right? So yeah. we know yeah. that when um, we exercise, that dopamine is released, yeah. you know, those hormones mm -hmm. that make us happy are released. And yeah. so that's one of the best ways to counteract, you know, some of the mood swings that we may have, some of the depression that we may experience during this time. Exercise yeah. helps. Also maintaining a normal, healthy uh, body weight also will help okay. because we know at this time with that estrogen going down, women have a tendency to increase, um, have some weight gain. And so, you know, maintaining a good, healthy exercise regimen mm -hmm. is going to help hopefully prevent some of that weight gain and uh, along with mm -hmm. helping with mood. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, also we know that when women tend to be heavier, their periods tend to be heavier because of the unopposed okay. estrogen from the fat cells that we have in our body. Okay. And so okay. that's going to be really important in terms of trying to maintain um, not only a healthy lifestyle, but also a healthy weight. So, and I'm sure diet plays an important role in it as well. Absolutely. To maintain a healthy diet. Yeah. 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 So, you know, um, diet and foods that contain um, soy, right, also help mm -hmm. with sometimes um, they can help some women with um, their night um, their night sweats, their hot flashes, their mood swings, because the soy provides um, a form of estrogen that can help. And so a lot of women, when they're going through perimenopause, um, you know, will drink soy milk and that, that tends to help. That's good to know. Yeah. I'm going to have to load up on some soy milk now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> definitely soy helps. You know, also during this time, some women may uh, find that, um, you know, they may have uh, urinary urgency. You know, they may have to go to the bathroom more. And again, that has that's due to the uh, effects of estrogen being lost. Um, and so, again, the vaginal estrogen creams can help with that. Yeah. But of course, anytime you have, you know, urinary uh, urgency and if there's pain with urination, make sure that you go to your provider to make sure you don't have a bladder infection, right? We always want to rule out yeah. any type of 
symptoms that may, you know, be the cause of a problem like a disease or something like that. Not that a, a UTI is a disease, but, you know, an infection, we want to make sure we take care of anything mm-hmm. uh, that could cause a problem. So you want to make sure that you don't have anything else going on. And then as long as, you know, everything has been ruled out in terms of infections, then, you know, we can say that it may be just, you know, maybe the loss of estrogen in the vagina. Yeah. So if something doesn't feel normal, it's better to get it checked out versus just wait on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. If you're having any symptoms or any type of issues, always best to get it evaluated. And not to skip those doctor appointments. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yep. That's why you're a doctor and I'm not. (laughs) Yep. And so, you know, and again, in terms of taking some type of birth control pills, there's lots of choices. You know, people have, uh, women can go on the pills. They can take, um, uh, there's still the birth control patch. There is um, an implant that you can put in the arm. There's the progesterone-containing IUD. So definitely Mm -hmm. lots of options for women that may be Mm -hmm. experiencing, you know, the uh, irregular menstrual cycles. Um, Definitely lots of options for women during that time. And also, you know, I think something that you had mentioned before was um, sexually transmitted diseases, right? Yeah. So really, really important that uh, women that may not be in a monogamous relationship and that are sexually active and going through this time period in their life, know that it's important that, you know, they still use um, condoms or have their partner wear a condom that, uh, Mm -hmm. so that they don't get exposed to sexually transmitted infections. Right. And we talked a little bit about this in one of my other podcasts, but to use, um, have their partner use a latex condom and not the lambskin condoms because the pores in the lambskin condoms still allow that bacteria to go through. And so that they, um, although that lambskin condom will prevent pregnancy, it will not protect Mm -hmm. against sexually transmitted infections, whereas latex condoms will. Yeah. Okay. Protection is better. Got it. So, okay. Well, I think that we are done here and it's been real and really intimate. And remember, this is not meant to be any type of medical advice. So please see your healthcare provider if you have any concerns about your medical health. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. 